The stories and debates you are about to hear are shocking, gruesome, and disturbing. To avoid fainting, repeat after me. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. Take as much as you can stomach. And now, on to today's feature. Good evening, boils and ghouls. Join us as we search for the king of the monsters! Everybody, welcome to King of the Monsters, the only podcast to know that it's not dolls, it's action figures. I'm Executioner Joe. And I'm Spooky Lukey. And today, we're kicking off a brand new bracket. Joe, do you want to tell our listeners about that? Yeah, so like our last bracket was kind of serious with these vampires and we wanted to get a little bit more playful. So we're going to find the king of the toys. That's right. And we're not talking slinky or, uh, I don't know, etch a sketch. (laughs) We're talking evil toys. Yes. And uh, so with that said, we've got our our results for the finale of King of the Vampires. So, and you know, it's it's weird because it felt like we were, I, I, I know I've said this before, it felt like we were in the vampires for an eternity. Yeah, it took a while. And the funny thing is... Like, as I start thinking about it, there's even more vampires I know. covered, which they'll probably show up eventually, so don't worry. Yeah, but for now, I'm, I'm happy to take a break and, <laughs> and, and play with some toys for a little while. So anyway, anybody remembers, for the finale this time, the final round, we actually had four different candidates. And so starting with the last place and working our way up to first, in last place, we have... Blackula. Oh, that see that's kind of a surprise because of how he well he did in his personal round. Yeah. But he just couldn't cut it, I guess. Yeah, I and it, it's strange too because uh okay, so Joe knows this, but anybody that doesn't keep track of the polls too much probably wouldn't. So on our Facebook group, for a while there he was the top dog. Yeah. And then uh Dracula just kind of overtook him eventually. And then on our uh, website, he got a handful of votes. So I was thinking, oh, he's not doing too bad. But on Horror Amino, did not get a single vote. I guess he had no love over there. I, no. And so that, uh, that kind of hurt him quite a bit. So And and I was all happy because on our Facebook group, our, our next candidate had zero <laughs> and so I was all I was thrilled. I was like, "Oh yeah, finally!" And that was David. Okay, so he beat out Blackula. Yeah, he did by by quite a bit because he came in with twelve percent. Okay, of the votes, and so one of those are yeah. I, I guess some of them were from uh, the website, and then the most of the rest were from Horror Amino. Like I'm kind of like I know you're very glad that he won. But I'm kind of happy, too, because he's only in one film, so it'd be hard to talk, keep talking about in future episodes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm I'm glad that David didn't. I mean, I'm still shocked that he beat Blackula. Yeah. But 
I keep thinking, how much better would Nosferatu have done? How much better? I know how he <laughs> beat out him. I don't know, but yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up for the rest of eternity. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even dislike David that much until this until we started this series. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, anyways, so coming up next with 14.7% of the votes is Blade. So he like. I'm not too surprised that he like came in second to yeah. see how popular he kind of is, but you said 14%? Yep, 14.7% okay, of the votes so, is what he got. So the winner really took... Yeah, the the winner took it by a landslide, for sure. Yeah. And as he should have, and that, of course, is Dracula coming in with 66.7% of the votes. Dang, like... I know we've kind of had a couple winners so far, but I really see Dracula as being a contender for the full King of the Monsters. Yeah, definitely. I, I could see him going on. And I mean, I'd, I'd have to look at all the kings that we have so far, but I can't think of a single dud in the whole. Oh, no. We got, um, of course, Godzilla from King of the Kaijus. Yeah, Michael Myers from King of the Slashers. Yeah, Pennywise from the King of King. Yep. And has that been it or no? Uh, we did the uh, second thing. Was Han- did Hannibal Lecter? Yeah, Hannibal Lecter for the A list slashers. Yeah, so we got like really good ones so far. Yeah, yeah. Every single one of them is a strong contender and deserves to be there. We'll see how the king of the toys goes. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah, it definitely will be. So, do we want to just go ahead and get started? Yeah, just jump right in. All right, uh, I'll, I'll let you introduce the first one. Okay, and this was by uh, Spooky Lukey's suggestion, but we throw in Talky Tina from The Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite episodes. And this gives us a good reason to talk about The Twilight Zone a little, too, so yeah. I was very happy about this. So uh, Talky Tina came in at Season 5, Episode 6, and the air date was November 1st, 1963. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And the the cat this doll has a catchphrase. My name is Taki Tina, and I uh, love you very much. Well, yeah, that's the catchphrase she says to the little girl. Yeah, not to the stepdad. Got a different <laughs> one for the stepdad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so talking Tina, I you know I I don't know how much of our audience listens or not listens, but watches the Twilight Zone. Uh, I would say, in all honesty. Uh, not to get too far into it, but if if you've never seen an episode of The Twilight Zone, this, in my opinion, is a great one to start with. Yeah, and you just kind of said it was a fan favorite. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, when I first, because, uh, uh, just out of curiosity, when was your introduction to The Twilight Zone? Um, I'm not really sure. Like, I've never actually like consistently watched it at all. Yeah, but I've caught it in episodes here and there. I've seen a lot of like the probably main episodes, that sure. fan favorites. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, okay, so when I was a kid, I think it was Sci-Fi Channel, I believe it was every New Year's Eve that they'd have a Twilight Zone marathon. Do, do you remember that? Or, or I remember seeing marathons of them once in a while, yeah. so, and I'd always try to catch an episode or two if it kind of interested me. Yeah, so anyways, I remember watching it as a kid, like as a fairly young kid. And the only reason I watched it is because my grandma told me about how much it scared her when she was younger. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh man, I got to watch this. And, uh, anyways, so as I got older, uh, I still, I, I had a lot of, I guess, love for it, 
but I hadn't really watched it for a while. And so I went online and I went to a couple different uh, websites and looked up, you know, what the fan consensus was for the best episode. And this one on just about all of the list was either in the top three or number one. Wow. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, I went through a bunch of those lists and watched a bunch of them. And yeah, talking Tina is definitely a standout for the evil toy subgenre of horror i guess yeah i was kind of like looking into seeing what kind of cultural impact this yeah. toy might have had and like uh i guess the character of gabby gabby in the 2019 yeah, film toy, toy story, story 4, 4. Yep. inspiring by of course talking tina according to the director josh cooley so yeah did that and the living doll is parodied in clown without pity a segment in the 1992 episode of the simpsons yeah oh well it was on the third treehouse of horror yes yeah i i i just watched that one just recently uh well fairly recently it was on season four of the simpsons <laughs> and yeah there, it's like a crusty doll that homer gets for bart and it's trying to kill homer yeah but anyways yeah yeah classic stuff and so you can kind of see the fingerprints of talking tina throughout not only horror but throughout uh uh what's it called pop culture in general and i don't know like i haven't looked too deep into some of the different icons of the you know uh evil toys such as you know like chucky or and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i i'm kind of curious if there's any inspiration from this episode of the twilight zone for that because this is the the earliest i can think of of like an evil toy yeah it's definitely one of the earlier versions i'd have to look more research into that yeah yeah I'll, I, I will too and i'm sure that we'll be in this uh this series for a while so i'm sure <laughs> eventually we'll we'll get around to kind of finding out the answer to that but i i uh yeah talking tina great episode of the twilight zone i don't know if it's my favorite but one of my favorites mm-hmm. and just an all-around cool evil toy oh yeah yeah um and like you don't see a whole lot of like action on on this episode i i've always considered the twilight zone to be more of a science fiction show than a horror show yeah uh personally and and i think you can kind of see that in in this because it's not like a gore fest or anything (laughs) but uh yeah just like the whole idea of just this creepy doll that talks to this the stepdad too she kind of harasses a little bit but anyways yeah it's good stuff so with that said i guess we'll move on to the next one yeah right one more thing is oh, yeah, i ahead. forgot to bring up the voice actress for that and uh played by june foray who did the voice so i thought i'd bring that up to yeah you. you sure. did a good job yeah definitely <laughs> i'm talking tina and i hate you <laughs> yeah that's a good episode anyway uh so next up is a blast from the past of both Joe and I's uh, childhoods, <laughs> and that would be Mr. Chip Hazard from Small Soldiers. Yes. So Small Soldiers, um, again, you know, this is one of the, I guess, uh, nominees, if you want to call it that, that uh, – isn't from a horror film small soldiers being a you know a family film from when joe and i were younger yeah it came out in 1998 and it was rated pg-13 because it had some, oh was it really yeah i looked into that because it does have some kind of like a little violence i would say okay. for maybe for a kid but 
we watched it as kids. Yeah, yeah. I, and they had toy. They had toys at Burger King. Yeah, Burger King toys. I remember getting <clears throat> some action figures from the toy store. I had a couple of the Gorgonites. Oh yeah, the Gorgonites were awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's kind of weird to me too. Okay, so Chip is you know unapologetically the bad guy of the movie. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you remember this from back in the day, but like there, I remember seeing like kids wearing like t-shirts of him and like, I, I don't remember what the name of like the commando uh, characters were, but anyways, yeah. I, I, I do remember uh, like kids in, in school wearing t-shirts of them and stuff like that and liking them and just be like, no man, the Gorgonites is where it's at. Oh, what yeah. was his name? Archer. Yep. The, Archer the of one? the Gorgonites. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. It's bringing back some good memories. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that movie in theater too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw a lot of movies in theaters when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I faintly remember it. Like we had it on VH- VHS and I remember watching it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I remember the Burger King toys. Yep, I remember Pro- those. Probably we probably ate Burger King because it was in our mall. Yeah, probably ate Burger King and then went and saw the movie at the movie theater <laughs> in the mall. But uh, yeah, yeah, the good good memories. And the voice for him oh, is yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh so yeah, got a great actor voicing him. Yeah, definitely. So uh, were were you more of the Commandos or the Gorgonites? I think you're probably already answered. Yeah, this. definitely the Gorgonites. I had the Archer toy, and I can't remember the other one's name. Something with a Z, like Ziggy Zay, or he like. What did he, what did he look like? Uh, he had like, I don't know, like if you say longer hair, and he like oh he did all the spinning. Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I had a couple of his toys because I had the Burger King toy, and then I had a bigger toy of him. Yeah, and then there was that one that was all yellow. That's like the eyeball with the like suction cup. Yeah. Limbs type thing. And I think Archer used him as like a slingshot at one point or one of the characters. Yeah. I, I don't remember any other names besides Archer, but they had some really cool character designs yeah. for that movie. And it was kind of interesting too, because like you had the commando elites, like kind of like I would say like the representation, but like some type of soldiers. Yeah. Like GI Joe. Type yeah. But figures. they're they turning out to be kind of the bad guys where yeah. the monsters are the heroes. Yeah. Well, and, so I, I've mentioned this story plenty of times in the past, but I'll, I'll briefly say it again. When I first saw Child's Play as a kid, or saw clips from it, because of movies like Small Soldiers where the monster toys were the good guys, or like Toy Story where the scary toys and Sid's room were good guys, Like I thought Chucky just must be a good guy back <laughs> then. So uh, yeah, d- that definitely left an impression on me. And I kind of find it kind of interesting with these toys, too, because a lot of uh, the toys we talk about, they're usually possessed by, like, spirits or a yeah. person type thing, while mm-hmm. this one is, like, technology. Yeah, like, it's the little chip in there. Yeah, yeah. military chip game put into toys. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, genius. So do we have anything else we want to say about Chip Hazard? Other than one of his main catchphrase things is, there will be no mercy. I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that. Uh, yeah, I, I need to watch that movie again. I know. I was like, it's been a, quite a few years since I've watched this film. And now that like doing the research on it, I'm like, dang, I need to rewatch this. <laughs> well, even just talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I like, vaguely remember a lot of this stuff. So. And it had, like, I, of course, we said Tommy Lee Jones, but I also had, like, Kurt, uh, Kristen Dunst. Yeah, so yeah. So I had some pre, like... She wasn't hadn't become super huge yet, but like some pretty famous people. Yeah, it. well, and the the 
kid, the main kid, um, was he, was that the same actor that played John Connor on Terminator 2 by chance? I think it's a different actor. It's a different actor? Okay. I'm just remembering him because, again, I haven't seen this movie in decades now, but trying to remember and I was like, yeah, he kind of had the same haircut if I remember right. Yeah. But, but yes, I, I, I couldn't remember. So anyways, Joe, you want to introduce the next one? Okay, we are now getting into Billy from Dead Silence, which uh, this film came out in 2007, directed by, of course, James Wan and written by Lee Winnell, who uh, Lee Winnell just directed The Invisible Man. Oh, really? So, and so both of them have gone on to do some pretty big things, even though this film specifically was pretty much a flop. Yeah, I I saw. Did did you get the uh, box office? Stuff written down for uh, it by chance? It was like not very good. I don't remember exact numbers. Okay, so uh the budget for this movie was twenty million dollars. Yeah. And the box office was like twenty two million dollars. <laughs> so yeah. it I don't know if they would even call that a success by any stretch because No. Because I don't know how much, you know the go I mean, I, I'd assume that with the budget that would Include like promotion and stuff, right? Or kind of like when the I guess when a film only makes like a couple million more, they're not Mm. really profiting off it because of all that kind different kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a reason there because there was intended for a sequel for this film, and it never happened because of how bad it did. Oh yeah. But now fans are kind of like looking a little bit kinder on it. Yeah. And kind because like it's set up really well like the kind of sets for it and everything looks really cool and billy is kind of like the main doll there's like i believe like a hundred of them and uh this ventriloquist lady uh, mary shaw yeah uh she's kind of like the main villain in it but she kind of uses the dolls oh okay yeah i've i need to see it all that i have written down in my notes for this is that it has an iconic movie poster (laughs) <laughs> Just because I I can still remember seeing that movie poster from, you know, when it first came out. I guess 2007, I think, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I can still remember that poster, so. See, and some people might argue, is a ventriloquist doll a toy? Ooh, that's because, a good question. Because, like, it's used <clears throat> primarily for a job, but. Yeah? I don't know. Because uh, I, I feel more kids who tried learning the ventriloquist probably just played with the toy a little bit and then threw it away. Yeah. Well, and I know, like, I know my daughter likes playing with puppets and stuff like that, which I know isn't exactly a dummy, you mm-hmm. know, but still, you know, kind of the same concept. Yeah. But, yeah, so I I don't know. I, I would consider it a toy. I yeah, I, I would too, but there's always going to be that one person I always, I believe that's out there that's like, well, technically. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are we going to move from one dummy to another? Oh, yeah, let's get into it. All right, so next up, you all know who we're talking about, Mr. Bad Boy, a.k.a. Old Crazy Eyes, a.k.a. Smiley, a.k.a. The Dummy That's No Dummy, Slappy from Goosebumps. Ooh, I feel like he's a heavy hitter on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a lot of nicknames, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, Slappy, as far as, like, evil toys go... 
Again, a lot of these are kind of from when we were kids. I mean, Talking Tina, def- you know, that was long before we were thought of. Oh, yeah. But Slappy, I mean, uh, Joe and I were kind of talking about this off air, but it was kind of the de, fa- a de facto mascot for Goosebumps. Yeah, and, he kind of became one of the most popular yeah. characters. And, and Goosebumps was, when we were kids, I mean, huge. Oh, very much. And... uh. I, 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 Joe and I were talking because there was a, another mascot named I think, Curly the Skeleton. Yeah. It's like a skeleton with a pink mohawk and like these sunglasses. Uh, did, did you, I think you said you vaguely remembered him? Yeah. Like I remember kind of seeing him, but never really looking into him or thinking much about him. Yeah. And so he was kind of the mascot at first and then Slappy just kind of slowly took his place. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, and, I think even, I mean, I, I I know that we say he's like the de facto mascot, but in all honesty, he's he's earned it. I have written down here that he has 36 appearances in Goosebumps. Yeah. Some, some, some being cameos, but yeah. But, um, but anyways, yeah, so 36 appearances, even had his own spinoff uh spin-off series which i think was called slappy world or slappy land or something yeah and his debut was in uh, 1993 with the end of a uh, night of the living dummy oh yeah iconic book iconic cover too the the, the the whole night of the living dummy line was you know line of uh books was probably the most popular as far as Goosebumps went, when we were kids. Yeah, I mean. and like even with the new Goosebumps movie, uh, they used him as like kind of the main antagonist with yeah. the Jack Black ones. Yeah, it. I uh, I know when I looked up Slappy. Also, this is this sounds kind of funny to me because you know, Goosebumps is kind of like a creature of the week type show yeah. or type book. You know where there's different monsters, but even with that said, it said. Slappy is the main antagonist of the Goosebumps franchise, <laughs> oh. which really it kind of surprised me. I was like, "Oh, that, I didn't realize that they'd kind of, you know, maybe it was just fans that said that, but just the fact that that was, I guess, declared." Yeah, <laughs> like I like Slappy, but I don't know if he was ever my fully favorite out of like the different Goosebumps. Yeah, I don't know. There were so many good Goosebumps books. Oh, it, definitely. It's, it's hard to hard to say. R.L. Stein. He's a genius. That's right. So, Joe, when I say these words, do, do you know what I'm referencing? Oh, yes. I have Ka- it written down, Oh, you too. do? Okay. Karu, Mari, Odana, Loma, Molana, Karano. Those are the words. If anybody doesn't know, that's Awakened Slappy. So, hopefully, nobody listening. Do you have the translation? I, I do not. Hold, 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 hold okay. on. No, I, I was just going to say, hopefully, nobody was listening to this without headphones on and had like a ventriloqu or a ventriloquist dummy in their room because oh, no. if they did it's probably alive and uh, we just have woken them yeah <laughs> anyways that, what were you saying though? and that i guess it translates to you and i are one now huh yeah <laughs> from any language or just in the made up I, th- I i don't know it might be just in the made up yeah so yeah slappy iconic is all heck uh one of the things I always thought was kind of interesting about him was his backstory, which I guess he was uh, carved out of the wood of a coffin by a sorcerer. <laughs> and then when the sorcerer died, he like put his soul into Slappy 
along with just like a little note card that had those word that you know those magic words into his pocket so that whoever found him would come across it yeah yeah it, it would awaken his soul also slappy only has one weakness do you know what that weakness is no termites oh yeah <laughs> i don't think that they ever I, I can't remember any of the books actually using that i just know that uh in i don't know if it was in one of the, like goosebump guides or in one of the books they just mentioned that that's that, good to know if someone did awaken it. <laughs> go get some termites now. That's right. They might eat away our entire house, but they'll also get Slappy. <laughs> and so Slappy, I do also want to say, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but Slappy, I owe for the very first nightmare that I can remember. Oh, dang. Yeah, the, uh, the very first nightmare that I, I shouldn't say that I ever had. It's just the one that I remember still to this day is uh, I had a, a goosebumps related nightmare. I, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but my parents got me for my birthday, a bunch of goosebumps memorabilia. They gave me puzzles, action figures, like this little statue of curly, the skeleton. <laughs> However, the, I think it was, it must've been Christmas night after getting all those presents. I, I was sleeping and, and I had a dream in which all those toys came alive. And, like, the puzzle was just, like, all spread out and not put together. And, like, the puzzle pieces were coming out after me. And the leader of this whole rebellion against me was none other than Slappy. Oh, dang. So, uh, I have a personal vendetta and a personal fear for Slappy. But <laughs> anyway. So, Joe, do you have anything else you want to say about any of these candidates? Uh, I think that pretty much covers it for now. Um, who's your favorite? Like, who do you think you're going to go with? Okay. So I'm very, very, very conflicted here because first of all, I, I will say I do not see a clear winner. I think maybe Slappy has the edge. See, I don't know. The only thing that's, I think, holding Slappy back is he's from a kid's horror. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know if people are going to hold that against him or not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's probably—I'd I guess would probably be between Slappy and Billy, mm-hmm. if I was completely honest. However, like talking Tina, I don't know how many people recognize the influence there. Yeah, and so if they do, or maybe because you know, oftentimes we'll put the name of the character and then in parentheses what they're from. Yeah, to help them out. Yeah, so so who knows? Maybe people just see, oh, it's from the Twilight Zone, and just vote for it. Which I yeah. I wouldn't encourage. <laughs> uh, I, I I mean I really want this to be whoever whatever the voter you know prefers the most. Mm-hmm. But I I could see somebody seeing oh yeah Twilight Zone that's an influential show I'm just going to go with that one. Yeah. Um. But with that said, I think what I'm gonna have to do, I'm think I'm gonna split my vote. Okay. Between Slappy and Talking Tina. Okay. Because Talking Tina, I think I think out of all these, if I'm completely honest, Talking Tina probably deserves it the most, only because I think she's probably the most influential. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, like I said, my first nightmare that I can remember was involved Slappy. I mean, I I can't not vote for him as a lover of horror. Okay. So I, I I'm not too sure. Uh, I'll say next week. If I went two with Slappy, one with Tina, or vice versa. But for now, uh, I, I'm going to split it between those two. Okay. 
I might be doing a similar thing actually. Okay. Which because I I really like Slappy. I think he's gonna be in a good position. Yeah. But I also want to help Chip Hazard out. Yeah. Because not being from being like not in a horror genre. Sure. For his movie and stuff, I think that it's another thing people might hold against. Yeah. Him, even though I think he is like a heavy contender in a way. Definitely. Because like th- that movie was super popular when it came out, and I don't know. It's an interesting toy being like a military chip. Yeah, definitely. I and I I don't I don't begrudge you for doing that either. I I think that the like I said before, I think the two that are gonna have the hardest time are probably Chip Hazard and Talking Tina, are is my guess. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely like see the value in uh, voting for them. Some if for nothing else to you know show other people that hey like these are worth checking out and looking into. So yeah, I I I res- respect respect <laughs> respect man. See, at the end of the day, we both like Slappy. Yeah, but well, we're gonna split our votes. <laughs> yeah, and then I think because I think I've seen like on a lot of like different uh, horror groups that I'm in and stuff, they bring sure. up like Dead Silence once in a while. Okay, yeah, and especially when James Wan or Lee Winnell is doing something because they were part of that too. Sure. So I think he has a good chance of pulling this out yeah definitely also a very short story i had a, a cousin that uh <laughs> i had a cousin that when he was a i don't know like preteen, mm-hmm. he started getting into goosebumps and i really encouraged him i think i gave him most of my books like yeah you read these i mean these are classics and i remember being like you know who my favorite character is and he's like who and i slapped him and i was like slappy <laughs> and yeah because <laughs> I had a cousin that he had the complete set of the books at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. But I think as he kind of grew out of them a little bit, not realizing he should keep them, I sure. think he sold them to like a teacher that wanted them for oh, like I class see. or something. So. I see. Well, and they had so many different <clears throat> uh, like spinoffs oh, of Goosebumps. Because yeah. I know there was Goosebumps and then Goosebumps 2000. I don't know if you remember that line, but I had a couple of those ones. And then they had... Uh, was the haunting hour part of Goosebumps, or was that its own? It might series? have been its own series, but I'm not 100. percent Okay, yeah, and might then, have been a thing. R.L. Stein decided the spinoff into. Sure, yeah, and and then there's the spinoff Slappy World that I had mentioned previously, and I want to say that there's that's just like the tip of the iceberg. There's been a lot of spinoffs because for like it. I owned a couple of the Goosebumps books, and like if we went to like book sales or different like things. I'd try to dig around for them to find sure. them. But I read a lot of them from the like library. Because yeah, I hated school. I hated like the AR system. So like the try to find books I could really get into and Goosebumps yeah. was one of those. Oh, definitely. And I mean, granted Goosebumps, as you mentioned before, some of the people are probably going to be like, oh, that's, that's kitty horror. But hey, that's uh, a lot of our, you know, these us modern, I guess, I shouldn't say modern horror lovers, but but you know what I mean, like yeah. horror lovers that are in our age range. Like Goosebumps is kind of our introduction, or a lot of our introduction oh, to definitely. horror. And so I I do think that it's something to be respected, because uh, in my opinion, I don't care what your introduction was into horror, as long as you're into horror. Like, what 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 difference does it make? Oh you yeah. Know? So because before I saw any like hardcore horror films, I would say. I just, yeah. I got I saw the some Goosebumps films because I could check them out from the library. Oh sure, yeah, and I same here, same here. I, like I'd mentioned before that I didn't really watch horror movies till I was 
in my kind of mid teens. Uh, same thing with like with with me. My mom didn't really care if I watched Goosebumps or got into Goosebumps, so I used to read those like crazy, watch as many of the movies as I possibly could, and you know, yeah. So, people listening, do you have any of the toys from any of these? Oh, that's a good question. Because I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Especially, I think the hardest one might be a talkie Tina toy. I don't know if they really made much of those. or. I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know if they did any kind of merchandising for Twilight Zone or not back in the day. Yeah. There I, might be some now, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, because it was kind of based on a toy at the time, I think, called Chatty. Yeah, Chatty Cathy. Oh, okay. So, kind of going off of something that was already. Yeah. So, it was kind of like that was a popular toy back in the day and they're just like oh yeah what if we had like a episode where there's like an evil cha- uh, chatty kathy doll <laughs> and yeah they just ran with it cool made a classic episode so anyways yeah guys uh vote for your favorites uh and you know we we talked about goosebumps quite a bit give us some of your favorite goosebump memories if you're around our age range oh definitely. I, I'd, I'd like to i'd like to hear some of those because i know that there's a lot of us you know that are kind of in the age bracket of joe and i that follow this podcast that also loved Goosebumps yep. back in the day. So, yeah. And we're not playing around. Make sure you get to those polls because we're looking for the king here. That's right. Or queen. Yeah. I mean, you know, talking Tina. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. All right, guys. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Arrivederci, baby. <laughs>